Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. If you have your Bible tonight, turn me very quickly to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. As you're turning in your Bibles, let me just say a huge thank you. A massive thank you from myself and my family. Thank you so much for blessing us this weekend. Pastor Appreciation Sunday. You guys went way far and beyond. We are so blessed and so thankful. Just from from me to you, thank you so much for blessing me, honoring, not only just honoring me, but honoring my family, my wife, and my children. I'm so thankful for that. I appreciate you so much, and I'm just grateful. Grateful to be in the house tonight and grateful to be among such amazing people. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. If you have it, just shout, I got it. I'm going to read a little bit here. And he taught them many things by parables. He taught them many things by parables. And he said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Somebody say there was a sower and he went to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 some 60 and some a hundredfold and he said unto them he that hath ears to hear let him hear amen if you will I won't read it right now but if you'll just kind of leave your finger there at Mark 4 and if you'll turn over to 2nd Peter chapter 1 I'm going to read there here in just a little bit but as you're turning as you're getting that ready Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to feel your presence. I pray tonight that through this word, you would speak to our spirits, challenge us and change us in the name that is above every name. In Jesus name. And the church said, amen. Amen. And you may be seated for the next few Wednesday nights. I will be teaching on this subject, spiritual growth. Turn to your neighbor and ask him a question. Ask him, do you want to grow? Ask him again, do you want to grow? If they said no, then you're sitting with the wrong person. How many want to grow? Want to grow? In order to have growth, in order to have growth, we have to first be sowed into. There must first be a seed. Now, first of all, I want to take you 
into a little bit of what I'll be talking about as far as spiritual growth. And that's going to be found in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, this is what the Bible says. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God gave us all the things that pertain unto life and godliness. This is, uh, many of you heard me say this before. I'm going to continue to say it. This is orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Life, practical, my life, how I live my life. Godliness, how I act, what I believe, my belief and my behavior. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Look at your neighbor and tell him this. You can be like Jesus. Mm. We might be partakers of the divine nature. That divine nature we know is Jesus Christ. That Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. The divine nature of the perfect lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. Is that not why we call ourselves Christians? Because we want to be Christ-like. We want to be like Jesus. If anybody here wants to be like me, you're missing it. You need to be like Jesus. If you want to be like somebody else who you think is awesome and popular, you're missing it. You, we want to be like Jesus, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be, he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, somebody say add. Add to your faith. It begins with faith. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, add knowledge. Amen. And to knowledge, add temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say spiritual growth. These are the eight steps of spiritual growth. That if we do these eight things, if we can obtain these eight things, if we can grow into these eight things. That we will not be unfruitful and we will not be barren. Mm. Amen. So, back to my original thought. You cannot have growth without a seed. 
there must be a seed. And how can there be a seed if there is no sower? There can be no harvest if there's no seed, and there can be no seed if there's no sower. The sower has to sow the seed. This is what Jesus is talking about in the book of Mark, chapter 2. He also speaks about it in the book of Luke as well. When he talks about the sower that went out and sowed the seed. And when he sowed the seed, it fell on different types of ground. It fell on wayside ground. It fell on stony ground. It fell on thorny ground. And it fell on good ground. And he says in verse 9 of Mark 4, if you have an ear, hear this. But watch verse 10 of Mark chapter 4. When he was alone, when he's by himself, they that were with him, with the twelve, asked him about the parable. He said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, for those that are in this room, for those that want to know, for those that are alone with me, for those that want to be close to me, for those that consider themselves disciples and not spectators, for those that consider themselves on the, in the inner circle, you will know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But for them that are on the outside, it's not for them to know. Yeah. All things are done in parables for them. That seeing they, might, they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, don't you know what this parable is? And how then will you know all parables? Watch verse 14. The sower soweth the word. Somebody say the word. Somebody say the seed is the word. Say it again. The seed is the word. If you have no word in your life, you're not growing. It is impossible to have spiritual growth without the word of God in your life. Because when the sower soweth, he soweth the word. The seed has always been the word. It is nothing else. Nothing else can be a seed in your life. The word is the seed. How can we have a seed without a sower? As the pastor of this church, as your spiritual leader, when I stand up on this pulpit and I sow, you call it preaching, you call it teaching, you call it speaking, but the word calls it sowing. I'm sowing. And, 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 and guess what I'm doing? I'm throwing it everywhere. I'm not, I'm not, this ain't a seed for some kind of political party. Ain't a seed for this political party. This is a seed for everybody. Hear this word, then I am sowing into your life. Because the seed is the 
word. And when the preacher, when the sower stands on the pulpit and preaches the word of God, he is sowing the seed. He's sowing the seed into your life. And this is what Jesus is showing us, that this parable, he's breaking the parable down. In verse 14, he says, the sower, he is sowing the word. And verse 15, he says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. The wayside was a path that was uh, walked on quite a bit. It was, it was trodden down. It was, it was impacted. There was a lot of traffic on this wayside. There was no fresh earth. It was all compact earth, the wayside. And this is what happens on the wayside. Your enemy on the wayside is Satan. One of the greatest tricks the devil ever pulled was convincing the church that he didn't exist. And we stopped preaching about Satan because it was too spooky. We quit talking about the devil because it scared people. But the devil is real. And you know what he wants? He wants the word that you heard. Is, it, is that not amazing to you? That when the enemy is coming into your life, he attacks the word. The enemy, Satan, comes against the word. Put that up there for me, Brother Gary. The wayside, Satan. Satan, the enemy, the adversary, he is your enemy. He is your adversary. I'm not here to try to scare nobody. I'm not here to ruin your sleep tonight. I'm not here to, you know, make you feel like, you know, the devil standing by your bedside tonight. No, he is in your mind and he wants the word that you heard. The Bible says that those that are the wayside are those that hear the word and Satan comes and snatches it immediately somebody say immediately if he can get it immediately it can't take root in your life it has no value in your life if he can grab that word immediately then it will it's not going to help you what what did the the first question mark in your bible the first question mark in your bibles in genesis chapter 3 the first question mark is satan Lucifer, that old snake in the garden, and what is he questioning? He's questioning what God said. Did God say that you couldn't eat this? The first time we see Satan in the Bible, he is already questioning the word of God. Amen. When you leave the house of God and you've heard a good word from the, from the sower of the sea and the word has fell into your life and when you leave here, you start thinking, oh, that word ain't for me. 
you know, I, that was a good message today. But, but it, I mean, it really, I mean, that's not going to happen to me. You know for a fact that that is the devil. Let me say it again. That's the devil. The devil wants to steal the word from you before it can take root in your life. You have an enemy. Let me say it again. You have an enemy. That's why you can't just be watching any old thing, listening to any old thing, entertaining any old body. Because you have an enemy. You have an enemy. He does... He hates you. He does not want to see any spiritual growth in your life. He, never, he does not want you to get from one step to the next. So when the word falls into your life, he swoops in like the birds of the air. And he grabs that word. And he takes it. And you start questioning the word of God. And is it true? And it's contradictory. And I just don't know. I don't just don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I believe that. How can that happen for me? I'm not worthy. I'm undone. That, that, that word that that man preached tonight, it was good for some people in that church, but I mean, it really wasn't for me. I don't think God has a ministry for me like that. I don't think God can use me like that. I don't feel like, you know, I mean, that's a good word for brother so-and-so. I mean, I hope he really heard that, but that word wasn't for me tonight. I mean, I hope that them down the street, you know, they really needed that. My, my neighbors down the road, they really needed that, but I mean, that really wasn't for me. That's the devil. You have an enemy. And he wants the word that you heard. He wants it. He wants to twist it. He wants to take it. He wants to make it null and void. He wants you to doubt it. He wants you to doubt that it's for you. He wants you to doubt that it's true. He wants you to doubt it. He wants you to fear it. He said, these are those that the devil, Satan cometh immediately take away the word that was sown in their hearts. And he said, and these likewise in verse 16, and these likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They hear it, they receive, oh yeah, this is good. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction and persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Stony ground is when you get offended. Stony ground is when you are betrayed. Stony ground is when you become bitter. Stony ground is when there are things that happen in your life that do not match up with the word of God. How could God do that to me? How, how, could God, how could God let this happen to me? How could God let this happen in my life? There are people that are offended for the word's sake. Offended for the word's sake. They get offended with God. Let me just say this to you tonight. You really need to hear this. Everybody in this room needs to hear this. You need to understand this with all of your being. God doesn't owe you a thing. He already came. He already bled. He already died. He came to save your soul from a devil's hell. 
and to rid you of all sin. And he already did that. That's done. Calvary is over. That, that, that bitter tree and that, that grave, all that is done. It's over. He already did it. And if he never does one more thing for me ever, he has already done enough when he saved me from a devil's hell. Somebody shout yes. Already. So if I don't get the job. Amen. If I don't get the promotion that I've been praying for and I've been seriously praying and I've been seriously doing what I know to do is right. These are people that are offended at the word's sake. Well, the word said this and the word said that. And we are trying to use the word to hold God accountable for stuff he ain't accountable for. He don't have to answer every prayer. But I know folks that are so mad at God because God let it happen. So, so mad at God because God didn't let it happen. So mad at God, they're offended with the word. They're not offended with me. They're not offended with you. They're not offended with this church. They're offended because God didn't answer a prayer they thought God should have answered. They're mad because they read, a, they read one scripture in that Bible and they said, this is how God's got to do it for me. It's got to be this way. It's got to happen like this because God said so and it's going to happen. And it didn't, it didn't happen. And immediately... They became offended. They received that word with gladness. When they received the word, they received it with gladness. I mean, it was exciting. God's going to do it. God's going to make, whoo, whoo, I'm happy. High five. That's the word. But then when it didn't happen in the time frame, they thought it should happen. Let me just say this to you, and I, I, I want you to see it in the scripture. Gladness does not mean Rooted. Let me say it again. Gladness does not mean rooted. Every word that makes you happy doesn't mean that it's rooted in you. When people receive the word with gladness, it's normally because they're taking what they want out of it and leaving the rest. They received it with gladness, but the Bible says they had no root in them. Stony ground. I hear you, baby. Stony ground. Stony ground. You see, the seed was so strong that it could even burst up out of the ground in that stony area. That's how strong the seed was. That it didn't even need good ground to be. It, it, it burst out from the stones. But because it was rootless. When the persecution came. When the trouble came. When the Bible says affliction came. Immediately they were offended. Hurt. Bitter. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe God let this happen. I can't believe. I can't. I'm not, I'm not going back to that church. How many of y'all ever been promised a promotion on your job and you didn't get it? And when you didn't get the job, you just quit. Nobody. 
you're like, well, you know, I didn't get the promotion that I thought I was going to get, but I'm going to stay here, you know, because I got to make my bills. It's amazing that people would treat God in a way they wouldn't even treat their own job. Yeah. How many of y'all was promised something by a family member? They weren't able to come through with it. And so you, you don't show up to Christmas. You don't show up to, you don't show up to Thanksgiving. You cut them off. You're not my daddy anymore because you promised me a talker toy and I didn't get no talker toy. Why do we treat God that way? Why do we come to God and because we really wanted something and we don't get it, we could become afflicted in our spirit, bitter in our spirit. And, the, and, because, and listen, this ain't the devil. The devil was the first one. We've been blaming the devil on stuff that we did to ourselves because we become offended at the word of God. The word offended us and it was snatched away. Then he said those people that the word fell on the thorn. Yeah. These are they in verse 18 which are sown among thorns such as hear the word. They hear it and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in. Watch what it says. Choke the word. Mm. And it becometh unfruitful. Thorns. Cares of his life. Lust of other things. We have, in many ways, passed the one God test. That there is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We have passed that test, but we have failed in the idols before us test. Because many of us are this thorny ground, we hear the word. But life, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. Watch what it says in verse 18. The lust, I'm sorry, 19. The lust of other things entering in choke the word. Other things. I mean... I don't know what the other things are for you, but I could be transparent and tell you about other things in my life that I allow to get in my way, that I allow to get in my in the way of my spiritual growth because it's just other things, just things. It's just stuff. Time, effort and energy, things, things you want, things you desire. Things, all it is, is things. I don't, I don't know if I can remember the last time that the devil came and took a word from me. And I can't remember the last time that I was offended at the word of God. But I'm quite sure that I've allowed other things. There may have been times in the early years of my spiritual growth that Satan was able to come and grab. You see, this is spiritual growth. This is uh, what we're seeing here is spiritual maturity. 
that just this parable that Jesus is speaking of is a spiritual maturity, a spiritual growth pattern. That there are people that they don't have a good grasp on the word of God and the devil easily takes it from them. But there's some folks in this room right now. The devil ain't getting no word from you. You've been around too long. You've had too many prayer meetings. You, you've seen God work and the devil ain't going to steal that from you. He, he come knocking on my door. He don't knock on the wrong door today, baby. I know too much about him for you to make me doubt it. And there's some of us that are so we're, we're spiritually matured to a point that we're not offended at the word of God anymore. Things come and things go. And you know what? Some bad stuff has happened to me in my life. But I know that it was for my good. Somehow, some way, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And that verse is easy to speak. Sometimes hard to live. Can I get two amens? We like to speak it, but it's hard to live it. You know, we, we get up here and preach it, but it's hard to speak it over an elder in the church's bedside who's broken. Some, some lady crossed the road and hit him head on and his back's broken in six places and his legs broken and humbly. And you look at a man of God laying in the, in the bed who didn't ask for it, didn't deserve it and say to him, all things work together for the good. Well, preach. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. That makes me feel so much better. But he quoted it back to me because he has spiritual maturity, spiritual growth. He said, you know what, pastor, somehow this is going to work for my good. Somehow. I don't know how God's going to work this out, but that's spiritual maturity when it comes at it and you don't blame God for it and you don't get mad at the word and you don't get mad at God. That's spiritual maturity. And a lot of us have passed that, that wayside test and we passed the stony test, but those thorns. Wasn't it Paul? Wasn't it Paul in the height of his ministry? In the height of Paul's ministry, when people are getting saved and he's got churches in all of Asia and Paul is, 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 is the number one apostle for Jesus Christ. Wasn't it Paul that in that moment said, there's a thorn that I can't get rid of. I mean, I, I'll punch the devil in the face, standing square. I wish the devil would come at me. I'll cast him out real quick. But that stony ground. That those the thorn that even when I do good, evil is present. And I, and I asked the Lord three times, Lord, would you take this thorn from me? I asked the Lord three times, Lord, would you take this thorn from me? And he said, no, nah, my grace is sufficient. Because... When you have spiritual growth, sometimes you get to a place where the devil can't harm you and you're not easily offended, but you got a lot of cares. Here's what we say. Got a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> Here's what we say. We, I'm, I'm wearing a lot of hats. And I, and I, man, I got I to gotta look out. I got to look out for my, I got to look out for my family. I got to look out for my, I got to look out, I got to look out, got to look out. And really, sometimes the best way to look out is just be faithful to God. Sometimes the best thing you can do for your children is make them come to church when they don't want to.
Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is you show up when you don't want to show up. Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is, 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 is judge. You know what? Is this important or is this important? And you know what? The kingdom thing is important. And this care of life, you know, I'll let that go. I don't really have to do that. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do it, but I don't have to do it. And baby, I know you want to do that, but it, it, but it gets in the way of church. And we're not going to let the cares of life choke out the word. We got, we got some good growth in the family. We got some good growth. We got some good growth happening. And we're not going to let the cares of this world choke it out. Those thorns, the cares, the lust, they choke the word, and the word becometh unfruitful. It'll grow, but there's just no fruit on it. It'll grow, but there's no fruit. I'm reminded of Jesus. When he saw that fig tree, he was like, oh, man, figs. <laughs> Give me this fig. And he goes to the fig tree, and it's big, beautiful fig tree. And there ain't one fig on it. It it looks great, but there's not one fig on the tree. And the Bible says that Jesus rebukes it. He rebukes it and it dries up and dies because it was false advertisement. And there's a lot of Christian folk false advertising. It grew, but it just don't have no fruit. You know why it don't have no fruit? Because it's surrounded by thorns. Cares of this life, choke it out. And it's not that it doesn't grow. It's not that it dies. It's not that it goes away. It's not that it dwindles. It's just that it becomes unfruitful. And we have a form of godliness, yet we deny the power thereof. And we look good in church, but we know we ain't good. And we can keep the rules, but we have no relationship. Well, and we think that the rules are going to get us to heaven. And you think you look good because you're following the rules, but you have no relationship. You look good, but you got no fruit. The thorns, the cares of life, the lust of other things. Keep the fruit at bay. You're green, baby. You're green. You look pretty. And this ain't no fruit on you. You know what God's going to do? You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to rebuke it. And even the green's going to go away. That's two, two Wednesday nights in a row. I got a little pastoral there. I'm on the road. He said, but there are those that when it, the word goes out, when the sower sows the word, it falls on good ground. And they hear the word and receive it. And I'm, I'm finishing. They hear it, they receive it, and they bring forth fruit. Some bring forth 30-fold, some bring forth 60, some bring forth 100, but at least there's fruit. If you read this scripture in the book of Luke, I believe it's Luke 14. When you read this scripture in the book of Luke, Luke says with this, Luke says at the end of this scripture, he says, and they bring forth fruit with patience. 
Because when the seed is sown, it takes time to grow. This series that I'm embarking upon tonight, and I'm going to go through those eight steps of 2 Peter chapter 1. You have time when you get home this week, you can read it, and you can get a little bit ahead of me, and you can start studying it for yourself. But here's what you need to know. You need to know that it doesn't happen overnight. That if you want to bring forth fruit, you know what you need to have? Patience. Let the word work. Let it settle in you. Let it work on you. Water it. Feed it. Spend time with it. It'll grow. You are responsible for the ground. You are. God is, the sower is not responsible for the ground. You are responsible for what that falls on. So if you come in here and your ground is not prepared and ready, I can't help that. The word of God cannot help it. As powerful as this word is, if it falls on the wayside, it's a good chance it'll never grow. As powerful as this word is, if it falls on stony and thorns, there's a good chance it can never grow. But when you come in here and you're ready for the word, and your ground is prepared, you can receive it, and it will bring forth fruit. Notice that that stony ground received it with gladness. Notice that the wayside, all they did was hear it. The stony ground, they received it with gladness. And those thorns, they hear the word. But when it comes to, when it comes to the good ground, they just receive it. No gladness. It is not that I just heard it. It's that I received it. I received it into my heart. I received it into my spirit. I received all of it. Not just the stuff that made me happy, but the stuff that convicted me as well. Not, not just the word that made me glad. And there's a lot of glad preachers out there. All they want to preach is the glad stuff. Stuff to make you glad. It is like, you know, what, what's them, them trash bags? Glad trash bags. And there's a lot of preachers preaching trash in glad trash bags. This is glad. If you hear a whole sermon that this makes you glad, it's probably trash. It probably ain't going to help you a bit. If, if, if the whole sermon just makes you happy, it's probably trash. But if you hear something that also convicts you a little bit, says, you know, I need to step up. I need to, I need to act right. There's some stuff in my life I need to fix. There's something I already need to change. If you hear that, you receive it into yourself. Not just hear it, but I received it. It, it may change me. It may work on me. And, and over time, as I grow with patience, I'll bring forth fruit. With patience, I'll bring forth fruit. It takes time for fruit to develop. It don't take much time for it to pop out of the ground. It just takes time for fruit. 
And this is about the sower, this is about the seed, and this is about fruit. Where's the fruit? Where is the fruit? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. The next few weeks, I'm going to be focusing on 2 Peter chapter 1, but I couldn't begin with that. I had to begin with this part. Where will this word fall in your life? Will you just hear it? Will you just take what you, what you like out of it? Or will you just receive it with no pretenses and let it work on you and build you and grow you into the Christian that God wants you to be? Will you let it grow you into the place where you can say, I have taken on that likeness, the divine nature of God. And I will neither be barren nor unfruitful. And the church said amen. amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Amen. Would you bow your head right where you are? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.